Master Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. Today's episode is all about the gear we used in 2020. Josh and I are going to break down the things we really liked, what we really didn't, and the stuff that's been working well year after year. Hey, Josh. What's up, Baxter? Oh, you know, lots of fun. We, uh, <laughs> I think I spent 45 hours on an airplane this weekend going down to Crane Hunt with Josh. Uh, I got delayed three or four flights in a row, two canceled. <laughs> it was horrific. <laughs> Ridiculous. We were just talking before recording that it was like a bad joke that just never ended. <laughs> never ended. Uh, never fly American Airlines. I'm going to just put that on the record. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Because first day you left, you were supposed to get in at 3.30 afternoon. Instead, you got in at 3.30 a.m. Had an hour of sleep before we went hunting. It was great. With a baby, yeah. I really don't need sleep right now. <laughs> uh, no, so it was, well, we won't dwell on that one. We'll have to do another episode episode because uh, the crane hunting was actually really cool it's a lot of fun they do Super taste cool. it's uh they live up to the hype tastes like steak really good stuff rib, yeah rib yeah eye the, the ribeye of the sky yep i was really impressed i thought there would be at least some gaminess but no it was just tastes like beef yeah yeah well anyway back to the uh <laughs> back to elk hunting today's you know today's episode is going to be a cool one this is my chance to geek out but we both ran a lot of very different gear and first like Guyu, Sitka, you name it. I mean, tons of different stuff this fall. I like to test as we, we've learned over the course of this, I like to test stuff every year and play with it. So I thought it'd be fun to sit back and really dive into the things that work, stuff that didn't work. And, uh, you know, at this point I'm, I'm pretty dialed. I've had four or five seasons. I've got stuff that I just love that keeps working well. We can hit that. And then for you too, Josh, it'd be cool to see that perspective as a relatively new guy that's you're kind of doing his first gear update between now and next season. So I'd love to know what you're going to replace or update. Yeah, totally. Um, what should we kick it off with? What was like your favorite piece of gear? Ooh, I had two or three things this year that were just amazing. Um, maybe we'll start out with the most random one of all, which was those Kuyu zip off long johns. <laughs> Sir, yes. those are phenomenal. I think your layering on the top has always been a thing, but layering your bottoms is really hard. And a bunch of companies have come out with these outside of your uh, pant puffies, which are pretty cool. But the problem with those is they're really heavy still. They're pretty fragile. They take up a ton of space in your pack. They add a lot of warmth, but they're loud. I mean, it's just, they're really not a great solution. Uh, and I'm typically not a big booster of Kuyu as a brand, but they nailed their, uh, their fleece uh, long johns. I'll have to find the right name of those as we're talking, but they're only four ounces, which is insanely light. Um, and to give guys a visual, basically you drop your pants and you zip them up the side. So it enables you to take them on or off without removing your boots, uh, which is insane. Um, so having those for a few things, one, you're just sitting still and layering at night. And then two, just being able to wear those in the sleeping bag. That was, that's one of the few pieces of clothing that I've worn in a few years. I'm like, wow, that is a genuine step up. And I, you had those too, right? Yeah, I did based off your recommendation. And for me, I actually never wore long underwear before. Like, I don't think I've ever used them, mm -hmm. but yeah, same thing. I was so impressed. I just remember putting them on 
at night the first time before going to sleep in a cold. And I just, I was just, I just felt so cozy. And it's, it's funny. I actually wore them last, I don't know, two nights ago because our heater broke at home and it was like pretty cold up here in the Bay Area. So I wore them uh, two nights yeah. ago. They're super light and yeah, couldn't, couldn't have more good things to say about them. Yeah, they're the Peloton 97 fleece zip-off bottoms. So they, they've got a lot of different versions, but you know, if you look at the Merino ones, they're 9, 10 ounces. Some of the other fleece or synthetic ones are not that warm. These are like a, literally a fleece. Uh, the other cool thing they've done with them is they stop them at boot cut, you know, right above your socks. Mm-hmm. So there's really no downside to those zippers because they don't get compressed under your socks and your boots. They're on the side. You don't really feel them. I mean, yeah, I couldn't couldn't recommend those things more that was a really big standout yeah definitely worth every dollar yeah um maybe we go one for one anything that jumped out at you that you absolutely loved definitely the the pillow Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, i've been camping backpacking for mostly camping for a long time and backpacking last few years but up this is the first year i used an actual like backpacking pillow Mm -hmm. before that i would just be like oh i'll just like roll up my jacket or my down jacket whatever or use my a small little day pack and stuff it with dirty clothes and use that as a pillow. Yep. And I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know why I didn't want to spend the 40, $50, whatever it was um, for a pretty pricey, nice backpacking pillow, but that is worth every penny. The sleep you get with the pillow is just, it's more consistent. You know, sometimes the jacket, like it, it undoes itself or the backpack is like kind of lumpy, but just getting a consistent night sleep uh, with a nice pillow is is worth every every penny. Like I said, yeah, it's huge. That's been a. Uh, I think I have that exact thing for guys that are wondering. I do have a page up that's you know the baxterbowman.com you know gear I use. If you go to the very top, there'll be a link straight to it. But I think I said that exact same thing. Worth every penny on that. Like that that Sea to Summit Eros pillow is phenomenal. That's uh, the best two ounces I pack. I think. Yeah, that's the same one I have. Yep, exactly. That, I mean, uh, two ounces to get an extra two hours of sleep instead of rolling and tossing is just such a good investment. So, oh yeah, yeah couldn't recommend that one more highly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what else? Let's see. The the uh, for me, uh, the first piece of so I have the first light underwear, uh, and you and I both are using that now, and that stuff is crazy good, right? That's just, in my mind, that's one of those like multi-year things I've been using for a while, and every year I'm just impressed with it. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't really, you know, be honest, a lot of the other First Light stuff is cut very boxy. It's uh, Merino, which I'm not a huge fan of, is uh, for insulation, I'm more synthetic. They just haven't had things that really jumped out at me compared to Sitka and some Kuyu stuff. But uh, that Uncompagre 2.0 Puffy, uh, jacket. We both got one of those before the season because I've always had this problem with my outer. You know, I do a base, I do a mid, and then I do an outer layer that's not waterproof. And I've never been able to find an outer layer that's not waterproof, that's very windproof and insulating. Mm-hmm. And that jacket just nailed it. I mean, it is completely windproof because there's no mesh panels or anything that kind of lets it cut through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hood is one of the best I've ever used up there with Arcteryx hoods. And uh, that thing is pretty darn warm for its weight and just phenomenal. I mean, I, I lived in that thing. I love it. Yeah, same here. It's When I first opened it out of the box, I was surprised at how light it was. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And maybe this might be a good point just to insert. We are not sponsored by any of these brands. Actually, if you go to the website to Baxter Bowman's gear, I use list, there's not even any affiliate links, which maybe you should get them eventually, but it's just all good info there. So just want to put that out there. We have no affiliate. Yeah. There's literally nothing we say or do that gets us any sort of money right now. We lose a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, that one was truly impressive. I mean, that was a pretty pretty amazing piece of kit Uh, the only thing about it that still weirds me out a little bit is is all polyester polyester is not nylon it isn't going to last as long i think yours already has logos peeling off after like Mm -hmm. five washes um you the the quality for the price it's a lower price than a lot of the other stuff but the quality is a little lower on the materials i would say Mm -hmm. um so that's i'm not super excited about but it performs so stinking well that i can look past that you know like yeah I mean, I'm a nerd and I don't like some of those basics, but hey, that's good. Uh, yeah. While we're on uh, the clothing for layering, uh, we mm-hmm. can talk about maybe that Sitka core lightweight hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, this is your first year wearing that a lot, right? Uh, actually, that was my first, well, yeah, first year. That was the first piece of camo clothing I bought because mm-hmm. a long time ago you recommended it and I used it for turkey hunting yeah. because of that built-in uh, uh, mask. Yeah. And that one's, I mean, I would consider that one of those like gold standards to me. It's the core lightweight hoodie. Um, it's their base shirt with the hood and the mask built into it. And, but I'd say that was a huge standout this year. That would be one of my top five or 10 pieces of gear because this year was super hot, super smoky. And, uh, that hood, we know what I absolutely love about it is you don't have to bring sunblock. Sunblock's heavy. It's nasty. It's, and if you actually do use it every day, you got to bring a lot. Uh, but that thing, all you do is just flip that hood up in the middle of the day. It keeps the sun off your ears and your back mm-hmm. uh, or back of your neck. It's, uh, it's really impressive. And that way I don't have to bring another balaclava or you know, face covering if I really care. I, at this point, I don't really care about those things. But you know, sometimes if I want to be super stealthy, uh, it's nice to have that. And a bonus, as we learned last weekend, it's a uh, COVID face covering. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so, pretty funny. We were walking into a restaurant and Baxter's like, oh, I forgot my mask. And I was like, oh, you got one built into your hoodie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they thought that right. through. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. The fit too, it's a medium tall. I love Sitka's fit. It's pretty athletic. The fact they do have a medium tall version is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. For guys like me that are over six foot, we're still relatively lean. So uh, yeah, I love that. That's, that's a go-to. Yeah, so that's all the the clothing stuff. Is there any other clothing item that we're missing? That you're impressed. So you know, I think we're. I'm thinking other things that like really stood out this year that were impressive, and then we can kind of go down the list of things that I've learned over time. Uh, Oh, the uh, the tripod for me. I tested a Granite Peak tripod. Uh, It's KDC Granite Peak tripod. Um, That is an incredibly niche piece of gear. It's. phenomenal for what it does it's i think it's like a pound and a half pound lighter than the slick tripod which is a really great tripod especially for the price in and of itself but basically how this thing works is it's like your tent poles you know it flips up little segments and they all connect to make the legs and then they've got a simple ball socket at the top of each of them and to the binoculars so if you're using any sort of heavy optic it is not the tripod you want but if you're doing what I do, which is just use binoculars um, on a tripod, uh, it is an insanely light and effective solution. And it's something you can use. You know, for us, it was really cool because we could set it up and do the time lapse of butchering the elk. We did the 
you know, the photo of both of us together with the elk, which is a timeless one. Um, and then as you, it actually helped us get that elk because when we looked, it was what, two and a half, three miles away when we saw those other ones. And I would definitely would not have been able to do that without that tripod and the bino. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it really was an instrumental piece of gear this year. And I think it's like 112 bucks, 120 bucks, but, um, made by a guy in Montana. Uh, I think his, his name's Terry, if I get it right, but we love to always love to rep little tiny underground companies like that. And that is, uh, I will be carrying that every dang year. I bow hunt elk. That is a really impressive piece of kit. Yeah. I was pretty surprised at, at it when I saw it because it looks, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. It's a very creative way to design a tripod. Yeah. Um, people should look it up and KDC granite peak tripod. Just Google that Im- images or go to the website. It's, it's very unique. Yeah. Um, and there's a learning curve. Light. Right. Like a lot of guys are going to pull that out and be like, what the heck? And you know, it's going to be very different than anything you've used before, but, uh, there's a lot of tricks to it, like how you tension the ball joint, how you, uh, you know, how you move it up and down instead of there's nothing to move it straight up or down. You have to just angle the legs to drop mm-hmm. it or raise it. So it takes a bit to get used to that. And the first day or two, if you'd asked me how it was, I would have said, I like it, but I'm not crazy about it. But once I got over that, I was like, wow, this is truly incredible. I mean, that's getting a free pound, pound and a half is insane. That's a ton of weight just to drop yeah. off. And really small. That thing's tiny, tiny, tiny. Fits in your, fits in the top of your pack where your toiletries go instead of taking up the entire side of it. So, yeah, pretty stinking cool thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool. Um, one thing that was new for me this year is uh, in terms of water filtration or mm-hmm. purification. I used to always use tablets just because they're super light and really easy to use. I, I didn't really know how to use the filters. Mm-hmm. And you turned me on to the Sawyer Micro. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a big standout for me too because I've used the mini and the mini doesn't get the flow I've wanted in the past. And the squeeze is great and it gets good flow, but it's a little bigger, a little heavier. So they basically just took the squeeze and chopped it in half and you get almost the exact same flow with half the size and the weight with the micro. So it's a no-brainer. I mean, that was, that was definitely a standout for me too. I mean, that thing is half the size of your fists and it is everything you need to purify water. Pretty cool. Yeah, and there's a couple, a little bit of YouTubing uh, to do, and like a little bit of setup to figure out and, uh, about the components. But that system that you have, um, where you get two bladders and then you use that, and like just use one bladder for dirty water, one for clean. It just mm-hmm. makes it's so efficient, unbelievably efficient. Yeah, maybe I give guys a quick overview. Basically, what you do is you have your standard bladder, you cut the hose, and you put in an adapter. Saw your cells the, the like an adapter kit. And it's got a male and a female end and they click together. And so when you're filtering water, I have another bag, you know, the same bladder that I use for dirty water, which means water that's not purified yet. I just go down to a creek. I fill that up. I screw the little water filter onto it and it has the male piece of the adapter. So all I do is click out the mouthpiece on my bladder in my backpack and I click in uh, that water filter from the dirty bag. I don't even have to take the bladder out of my backpack. I can literally just hang that dirty bladder in a tree above the backpack and walk away. And in five minutes, you know, I have two or three liters of water purified and I did nothing. I just clicked in, you know, I filled a bag and clicked it in. So it's uh, incredibly easy and efficient, right? The only downside of those things you do have to, if it's truly cold at night, you have to put them in your, you know, in a Ziploc in your sleeping bags. They don't freeze because that can ruin the filter. 
Yeah, because the water inside will expand and then the filter might crack, right? Yeah, no, but that's uh, yeah, that one's Sawyer's already got a full recommendation for me, but that one they've pretty much perfected it. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they could make a slightly smaller, lighter version of that one day, but that thing is about as close to perfect as you can get. Yeah, I was, I'm never going back to tablets. That that thing's easy. Yeah, yeah, and I think those too. were. I mean, I think those were all the like newer standouts in my mind. Is there anything else that like jumped out at you? Um, let's see, newer standouts. I mean, for me, it was my first time using binos, and I I, mm. I just really liked the Vortex Vipers. Uh, I was even hunting with that guy uh, that we called C, who's been out there 22 years, and he has another pair of like uh, I don't remember what they were. They're expensive, but he, we were looking in the dark, and I showed it to him, and he looked through them, and he was like wow that is bright like instantly he's like i'm sold i'm buying vortex so yeah those vortex viper 8x42s are pretty sweet yeah the vipers um, i had to give it to vortex like we we did that shootout you know when i bought my nikons a while back they were better but those new vipers are they're truly uh, truly pretty impressive i mean for that price 500 ish bucks you're getting a bino that will do everything you ever need you know there's no there's really zero reason to upgrade unless you're really chasing the fine edge of performance. I mean, I think they're really 90, 95% of a pair of Suaros. Yeah. Um, and the warranty, the warranty is great. Yeah. Those yeah. are truly a, a great bino, really great bino. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like my, uh, I'm still using those Nikons um, that I'm a big fan of. Let's see if I can find them. I think the, the Monarch 7s. The Monarch, yeah. The Monarch, you know, no, the Monarch HGs. I used oh, the 7s H- before. H-G's. Yeah, the HGs. Okay. And those are, I'd say they're a little step up on those Vipers. They're a little more expensive, eight or 900 bucks, but um, they're still in that range of value in my mind. You get mm-hmm. 95 to 97% <laughs> of a pair of Suaros for a you know, great price. Um, and I've used Suaros. So I'm not just making this up. Um, and they are phenomenal. But they're, to me, you know, a pair of these Nikons or Vipers are much smaller. They're a lot more compact for the 42s. Uh, they're, you know, five to eight ounces lighter. They're kind of everything you'd need. So I don't really want to, for elk hunting, pack a, uh, a pair of those. Although the new, the new Suaros that just came out with the uh, massive field of view, that's, uh, I, I got to test one of those. Those are pretty cool, but three grand yeah. later. It's <laughs> a hell of a difference. Wow. $500, right? Yeah. You can get six pairs. Oh my goodness. Yeah crazy but yeah those were i have to admit those are pretty impressive uh binos yeah i like them a lot uh and then last item was i don't know if we want to go into the the garmin inreach and how valuable mm. that was for our trip yeah that was uh i think that's the most contentious piece of gear this year uh for a lot of reasons one it was a game changer to be able to text that's really cool so that in and of itself was awesome i loved it um i could text you know i bought two one for the lady down in camp and one for me just so I could keep in touch and make sure she and the baby were doing okay. Um, so like you said, that's amazing. And I mean, hell that changed our, the course of our entire season where I could go up and chase that bull by myself and text you. And that's, yeah. When we got lost. Yeah. I remember we were trying to, you know, it was a few weeks leading up to the trip where you were like, Hey, you know, I got a Garmin and, I can text you maybe when you're in town and mm-hmm. you, like if I'm in town and, and you are in the back country, you can text me. And then I was like, ah, maybe, maybe I should just get a Garmin just so I can communicate with Baxter. And, and that, that was it. I was like, just so I can communicate 
gate we can text garmin to garmin about one and it turned out to be super worth it yeah um, yeah that unlimited text plan is the way to go for sure you just bounce them back and forth now here's the hard thing about the garments that's really cool there's and there's two things i'd say the smaller one is that the texting isn't flawless right it takes a while to send stuff out it doesn't check like if you leave it on it only checks every hour so you have to bump it to check it's really a pretty annoying technologically difficult thing so if there was another one that was easier i'd use it in a heartbeat um but i'd say by far the biggest thing is it is not definitely not a safety device uh and we talked about this in other podcasts before but i had a good story and we'll see if we can bring him on but a buddy of mine was out spearfishing on a river and another buddy put a knife into his leg through a, a carpet speared and was you know nicked his art femoral artery and was on the path to uh, permanent darkness and had two buddies who had the in reaches and both pinged in reach pulled the you pulled the sos button mm-hmm. and in both cases garmin just sent them phone numbers to call <laughs> <laughs> which turns out if you don't have cell service does you jack crap uh so i think guys you know, I had I had known that they weren't in any way as effective as the EPIRPs, but I had no clue how bad they genuinely were. And so that was a horrific, horrific implementation. Fortunately, they got someone with a sat phone, saved this guy's life, but Garmin's are not, like, do not trust those things as a life-saving measure, right? Mm-hmm. Like, full stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've heard stories yeah. like that from a few people. They don't, you know, you got to be able to text them and they want to know stuff before they come get you. And, you know, as we learn with the Garmin's, it takes five minutes to get a text out and it's, it's not an effective safety device. Yeah. Gotcha. It's more of a communication device. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a great one if you like broke your leg and you wanted to text someone to tell them I'm okay, but I need you to come get me. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a dire emergency situation, I would not feel comfortable using that. Gotcha. Yeah. I remember re-listening to our old episode where I asked you if, you know, if you could choose between the Garmin inReach or the uh, PLB, um, which one would you pick? And you said, ideally you have both. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where we both ended up. We both had both with us, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, that one's a double-edged sword. It's really cool to be able to text, but I think it's kind of upsetting and scary to me that they baited a lot of guys into trusting them for the safety too, when it's just not that robust. Cause yeah, yeah if you ever need to use it, you really need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's my, that's my rant. That's my, my one piece of gear. I actively am dissuading people from using if they aren't using it for the right thing. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Um, but yeah, that's all the, the new stuff for me. That was like really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Quality pieces of gear that I'd recommend. Um, I do have one that is like, has worked for me year after year, not as many years as you, but, um, mm-hmm. I do love personally love the jet boil. I know it's heavier than other cooking systems, but I don't know. I just like how easy it is and how fast it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. cool, it's definitely a cool system. I think there's been a lot of flack for them that they proactively do not support hunters. Oh, really? Kind of an anti-hunter organization, or at the very least, they intentionally won't go on hunting podcasts or support, you know, folks. So I think there's a lot of flack in the industry for that. Um, No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'd have a harder time buying one of those net new, but they're definitely, they're nice, you know, without a doubt. Uh, So it's a, yeah, it's again, a contentious one because 
you don't really want to wow. support companies that don't support you, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. I had no idea. Um, but yeah, how, how about you? Is there any other pieces of gear that it's just like year over year been super reliable that you almost take for granted now? Yeah. And I think we're getting out of the, like you said, out of the new stuff that really impressed us and into the, um, into the things that are just standouts. Uh, you know, this is the second year I've shot those day six arrows in broadhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was what's 550 grain arrow coming out of the, the PSE carbon stealth. Uh, and that thing is just flawless. I mean, there was a reason I didn't want to change it up this year and I have a really hard time convincing myself to change it next year. Cause that, when you saw it, it zipped through that elk so hard that, uh, it's stuck into a, uh, a down log on the other side. And I had a hard time even getting it out of that. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was insane. The thing, um, I'm pretty confident if I put that in a front shoulder, it would go right through. Not that I'm ever going to try to find out, but, uh, I just, the confidence I have in those is for elk is off the charts. Yeah, that is sweet. Blue straight through the elk into a log. That's that's pretty intense. Yeah. I remember hearing a really loud thunk, and I know some of it was the you know, the sound of it hitting the elk, but in hindsight, some of it was also the sound of it coming out and hitting the this the log with enough speed that it sounded like a you know if you just shot it straight up, just blap. So yeah, pretty impressive stuff. Um, so those are those are a standout. I still love that PSC bow. It's just insanely light, uh, which is very cool for carrying all day because i literally just hold my hand all day long yeah super light that the carbon is, is so light um like my aluminum one's pretty heavy and also it gets so cold in the morning to carry my bow yeah yeah especially this year we had some pretty cold swings yeah uh, yeah that's a but you can use that all year long for target shooting and stuff which is kind of cool too so right right you know blends uh what else the you know the benchmade altitude i'm a fan still like it it's uh, doing a great job uh, lasts that steel lasts for the entire elk that tiny little sharpener you is great system uh, but it is a little skinny it's small um, so i'm kind of i guess i'm still a big proponent of that one but i'm not like in love with the thing but i've used it on two elk now which is great uh, the packs i think that's another big one for us so you were you a fan of your kuyu pack yeah i haven't used any other packs before but um this is the, and this is the first time I've packed something out, but it was just I'm super reliable. The pack feels pretty light to me compared to, I mean, like backpacking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in general, I liked it, but I'm, I'm also not super, super researched on this. Yeah. No, I think the new one, the new one is different and it seems pretty nice. They fixed a lot of the things I'm, I have the older one. And honestly, this is probably the last year I'll use it, uh, for a few reasons. One, it's just, it makes a lot of noise. Now it creaks. Oh, and I've figured yeah. out ways to try to dull that down, but it's just a pain in the butt. It doesn't work well. Um, the thing it's got on every other pack is it's insanely light. It's three pounds and like 12 ounces, 10 ounces. So uh, I'll probably do a pack shootout this year of all the different ones. Maybe the new Kuyu to give them, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Cause why would I rag them for something that's four or five years old at this point? But I'm, I'm definitely getting rid of that one. Um, the comfort and the, the noise at this point is just not great. You know, I did notice that noise a lot and I noticed it when I, I think it was worst when I was just wearing a base layer and then Mm -hmm. the more layers I put on the creaking went away. But when I just had that base layer and I was like sneaking really quiet, it does like creak, creak. It's like that stretching, creaking sound. That's pretty loud actually. Yeah. And that was on your new one too, right? Yeah. 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 So it's, that's kind of a, they've had problems with that for a long time and that's uh 
I think the story of QU a lot of the time is they have these brilliant technological designs, but the execution and the quality is just not quite there. And mm -hmm. they put a lot of money into marketing, not as much mm -hmm. the final finished product. And I think that's the backpacks have kind of been that in my mind. Uh, gotcha. In a lot of ways. So they're really great starter packs. They're cheaper. They're, they work pretty darn well, but uh, man, it hasn't, it hasn't stung me yet, but if it, if I was ever sneaking in on an elk and it creaked and that thing ran, I'd be pissed. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's probably going the way of the Dodo. Uh, the, as far as packs and stuff, I trusted it, tested out that new, not new, the big Agnes fly Creek HVUL one. I mean, that's a timeless, oh, probably the tents. number one recommended, you know, one person tent and ultralight backpacking. And, uh, it was a double wall, pretty intense tent. Uh, and I liked it. Yeah, I really liked it. It was definitely an adjustment from the Copper Spur HVUL2, the one that's like a standalone two-door. Uh, this is a front door. It's got a few compromises like the front door and uh, it's semi-freestanding, so you have to make sure you set up the the awnings. But I do feel like it's incredibly strong once it's up and uh, it is, I mean, it saved me a pound to uh, to run that thing. So I'm a fan. You know, I don't. I know guys try to skimp on that, but in my mind, that's a bad really bad area to skip because yeah, you might save six ounces, but all of a sudden you're totally exposed to cold weather and you're exposed to you know, water and predators and things that you're not going to sleep as well. And you might get wet and have to get out of there. You can't, you basically can't ride out really intense weather. And there's one or two times we had to do that this year and that made all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that one got a vote of confidence for sure. But I think anything big Agnes at this point, uh, you know, there's a few, my general thought on like the major things that don't have to be hunting specific is don't go with hunting brands. I'm talking tents, boots, you know, things that there's really no benefit for a hunting specific version. And I think big Agnes, for example, they just own the backcountry tents segment. If you've got the money and they're just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was good. I mean, the sleeping bags still absolutely love the feathered friends, the Thermarest, Neo Air. Those are just timeless. We talked about the pillow. Uh, it was really, really good. Oh, here's one that just every year I, I use these things. I go, these, this is the best thing ever. Um, and that was the uh, La Sportiva Trango Cubes. Those boots are just money. Uh, I, I could not, you couldn't tear those away from me. <laughs> like you could, yeah, if you told me those were $800, I'd still buy them. Wow. Uh, to have something that fits your foot that well uh, is incredible. And they're fairly light for what they do, which is great. They're incredibly stiff and supportive. They're too stiff for a flat trail. You know, if you've got a hard pack flat trail, they're clunky. You can feel them clunk, 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 clunk. They're really uncomfortable. And I've gotten blisters just walking on flat trails. But when you're off trail and when you're in the gnarly stuff, they are just unbelievable. Um, so that's that one's been two or three years now. And I'm in love with those things. Uh, mm -hmm. The only thing I will say about those is they're a narrow boot. They're low volume. That Trango lasts, which is what they use to determine the shape of the boot. is very small. So if guys have medium or larger feet, they're probably, you know, it's an Italian brand. The Italian shoes run narrow and short. Zamberlins, La Sportivas, you know, if you've got a wider, bigger foot, you've got to go. German brands, right? Loas, that sort of thing. So, mm -hmm. uh, and you had the Solomons, right? Yeah, the Solomon Quest 4D3GTX. I think that, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the REI website. I like those a lot, actually. They're pretty versatile. Um, 
they're so comfortable. I, I just never really felt like I had to take my boots off. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, even in Nebraska on that hunt, end of the day, we, you know, we come back, everyone's car camping. So they have like extra shoes. They got sandals. They always yeah. change those. I didn't have to change into anything. I just wore my boots all day, every day and never had an issue. Not a yeah, single those, blister the whole trip. Yeah. Those are great ones. You know, guys give them crap because the quality control is not great. And, you know, I told you the first thing to do is go test them in the tub to make sure the the waterproofing is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to do that. But if you deal with those, they're phenomenal. Uh, cause they tend to fit a lot of people too. They've got a narrow heel and a wider midfoot, forefoot, mm-hmm. which tends to be in kind of the average fit. So uh, yeah. And great the, boots. Uh, the guy that was with me from California, he, he looked at my boots and he's like, Oh, I have the same ones. And he showed me the ones he was wearing. He's like, I've had these for 10 years. <laughs> he's yeah. been using mountaineering, like all these backpacking trips. And I couldn't tell at all that they were that old. So, yeah, no, they're really great guys. Guys love to hate on them just cause they're so mainstream, but they're, they're wonderful. I use a bunch of their other shoes for running for you know, lightweight hiking and for trail running. And, uh, they do make a good shoe. Uh, like I said, even though the quality sometimes isn't quite what you get from uh, a more bespoke, quote unquote, you know, mountaineering brand like La Sportiva. Right. Um, but those are really cool. What else? Oh, you know, for me, I, I have a Black Diamond Revolt headlamp and uh, just tried out a Petzl Arctic Core mm-hmm. headlamp. Uh, the Arctic is definitely another step up from the Black Diamond. Really like that thing. Um, pretty impressive. I'm a big fan of these rechargeable headlamps that you can swap out batteries on because especially for us, we're out there for two, three weeks, you burn, you know, you burn down five or 10, 20% of a battery. And if you don't have rechargeables, you got to go swap them out when you come back in, because you kind of want a full charge of these things. You don't want to carry four extra sets around, but with those, you can just charge them up real quick. Um, and I love that. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. So I like that too. Yeah. I never feel bad about using them around the car either because whatever, I'll just charge it overnight. Yeah, exactly. So I'm a big fan of those too. The Actic, a little less intuitive and it starts on modes that like bright instead of the red sometimes. And there's some little details that aren't perfect, but uh, I'll overlook them for the, the, it's got better battery life than the Black Diamond and uh, really powerful spot. So Mm -hmm. um, that's not cheap. They're 50, $70 headlamps, but if you're truly someone who's going to use them in, you know, day in and day out for all your stuff, camping, backpacking, fly fishing, hunting, they're, they're a well worth an investment in my mind. Yeah. And if you just keep recharging it, maybe you'll save a little bit on replacing so many batteries over time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if you take, you know, what I always do too, is I just use the rechargeables for the first set. And then I take a pair of, or set of lithiums because a set of lithiums will last all night long, which is all you Mm -hmm. need for butchering an elk. Uh, as a backup and they're about half to third the weight of alkaline batteries they're incredibly light so oh, way more powerful and much lighter so it's a good just throw one of those in your backpack as a backup and you can swap out those rechargeables and stick them in which is yeah. the greatest thing about them is you can have all the benefits of rechargeable but all the benefits of swapping out batteries mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those were those are pretty amazing what else um you know we didn't really touch on it but those this first light boxer briefs are pretty impressive yeah you definitely convinced me i was i remember and i think we might have mentioned this on a previous episode but i remember saying like what you were one pair underwear for the whole trip that's nuts and uh yeah i there was an eight day period (laughs) where i did not change underwear (laughs) and it was fine like it didn't smell not at all it was okay Yeah. yeah 
Yeah, and I still think uh, that's one area First Light has people beat uh, is those those boxers are still the best design in my mind. They're pretty long. They go down your leg, but that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, great merino. Yeah, they have the like the long kind and like the brief like short kind, but yeah, yeah. they're awesome. By First Light, I should say Meat Eater because they now own them, right? Uh, that's right. One of the right. same. Yeah. So they're uh, another great. They're good stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I think those are those are the big ones. The Sitka stuff. I still love those Sitka Apex pant. They're definitely a compromise of durability for you know, quiet breathability. But for archery, I think that's well worth it. Mm-hmm. The Sitka Kelvin Active jacket, that mid layer I use, that's still one of my all time favorite jackets. You can have it on at sixty five degrees and thirty degrees, and it works equally in both. I love that nice. thing. Uh, it's just not windproof at all. Um, so those, those pieces are just kind of holdovers that I love. They're great. They fit yeah. really well. Uh, I'm a big fan of Sitka uh, quality and their warranty if it doesn't work out. So mm-hmm. good stuff. I do, have, I do have a few items that I didn't like. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you do. You, it seems like your stuff's pretty dialed, especially with all the years you've been doing it. Yeah. After five or six years of full on gear research, there's, there's not much <laughs> bad stuff left, but yeah, yeah. Let, let them out. Yeah. So the first one probably that I, well, I'm definitely going to swap out is the bino harness because I just kept the, the the free one that came with the Vortex Vipers, like their Vortex one. What I don't like about it is it's pretty loud. Uh, it, the fit is not great. It's like that standard, like the, the straps aren't super comfortable, mm-hmm. but also the little band that closes it, it stretches mm-hmm. out after a little while. And so it, it comes out sometimes. So sometimes if I'm like leaning over, the binos would just fall out of the, the harness, which is a little oh. annoying thing. So yeah. That, yeah, that happened a few times, which is a little annoying. Um, but, you know, I just didn't want to spend the money on a bino, extra bino harness. So I'll, I'll probably get a new one um, next yeah. year. What do you that think about included the one with you your have? binos, right? Yeah, that was included yeah. with the binos. Prices, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, what do you think about the ones you use? You use like the Kuyu Pro Bino Harness, right? Yeah, I've got the Kuyu Bino Harness and the Pro Bino Harness. And um, you know, honestly, neither is perfect. They're both a compromise. I know I did a review where I shot them out. So guys can go look at that if they want more details. But essentially, the the basic Bino Harness is smaller. It's quieter. It's tighter fitting. But you can't really get it out of the harness with one hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus the the newer one, the Pro is waterproof, uh, just the way it is. But it's so bulky; it's big, and it's really big. You know, if you had a pair of Swaros, maybe it would fit perfectly. But for for these smaller binos, uh, they're a little more compact. Compact. It drives me nuts to just be filling space in that thing, an extra inch on each side, below it to the side of it. Um, it's not big enough to really get in the way. So it's still kind of the the best I've found at this point in time, but. I'm not sitting here going that thing's perfected. They've got uh, some room to go. Gotcha. They came out maybe with a smaller version of that when they brushed the outside of it so it wasn't as loud. Um, might be perfect, but uh, yeah, it's a good one regardless. You know, I would, I'd still recommend it. I just wouldn't say, hey, I'm crazy about this thing. Gotcha. Okay. See, so, yeah, that's, that's one thing I'm definitely going to swap out next year. Um, another one is uh, gloves. So... I had bought two pairs of gloves, one from First Light, one from Kuyu to test out, and they both turned out to be the wrong, wrong pair. Um, I, so the, the one I got from Kuyu is uh, the Attack Glove. Okay. And what I didn't like about it is it's too, 
it's too much. It's it's more than what I needed. Like they were they weren't super warm. Um and they were too like stiff. It has mm-hmm. this I don't know what the material is, but it has this like patch like material on the palm. It's almost like supposed to be oh, durable, maybe. Yeah. yeah, some leather or something like that. But either I, I was it's probably partially my fault because i just didn't shoot with it but I, I don't know how comfortable i'd be shooting with it anyway because of how leathery it is maybe i'd want mm-hmm. some more soft but yeah what, what's your opinion on gloves and finding a good glove yeah i've never found a good pair of gloves and i don't really know if it's possible to make a great pair because essentially with gloves you've got two competing priorities you've got warmth and durability uh, and so you can get ones you know and if you've got a, a glove that's super thin and adds a tiny bit of warmth it's generally not durable which is like the merino glove from sitka or a few of the other guys like and those are ones that i'd be comfortable shooting in because they're so thin and form-fitting but if you grab a tree or anything with that it's going to tear it or put a hole in it uh you know not instantly but you know you're just running that risk but yeah. anything that's got enough durability to really deal with being on your hand all day is gonna impede your your grip and your shot so you know for me personally i don't really i've got like four sets of gloves and i just don't really use them yeah i'll just deal with it and uh go bare hands because for me the shot is everything and mm-hmm. i don't really want it and so if it's truly cold i'll bring a warm pair of gloves and i'll plan on slipping it off before i shoot uh, yeah. so i haven't found anything you know even some of these 70 dollars sitka gloves i've tried a lot of gloves that aren't camo too like for personal stuff for shotgunning for um upland bird hunting for running for biking mountain biking i've tried probably 20 30 pairs of gloves and never found a single one that can run that perfect compromise so i think you're always compromising with gloves and i just choose not to use them it's basically yeah that's what i found i i barely used them i only used them when it was super cold in the morning and then i would just take them off anytime i felt like i was getting close to anything or going to be in a situation soon yeah Um, yeah that actually reminds me you know of kind of the beanie of all the little pieces that seem nitpicky but i'm really not a fan of the sitka merino beanie Um, a few other manufacturers make a really thin tiny little beanie like that too Uh, it's the same as the gloves to me they're just uh, we'll talk about the Sitka Marina one in particular. It's so thin and it's so small that it really doesn't do much. Mm. So even though it's lightweight, it's like, well, why do you even have this thing? Um, so I upgraded to their Jetstream beanie, which is one with wind stopper in it, and it's actually a little thicker. And that to me is a f- uh, phenomenal beanie because that adds a lot of warmth to your setup. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not much heavier. So yeah, yeah so that was a, that's a great piece of gear, but I... I don't really understand a lot of these ultralight little Merino uh, beanies and stuff. Cause they just don't, I, I don't really understand the use case. It's, for me, it's like no beanie or a really thick one. <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah. I just have a normal first light Merino beanie, but I've, I've never worn beanies before ever. Yeah. So for me, it was like, Whoa, my head's actually warm. So <laughs> yeah. And I think the, the first light one's a little thicker, a little warmer. Um, so it actually does add some warmth and it's pretty windproof. But some of the mm-hmm. ultralight ones, like that Sitka one, I'm like, nah, I don't, don't want this thing. So, yeah. And then I got one more item that I'm gonna swap out. Probably it's it, and and I know you don't use this, um, but I use a battery pack probably because I'm mm-hmm. I'm just more re- more reliant on Onyx and take more videos and stuff mm-hmm. than you do on uh, pictures and whatnot. Um, yeah. So yeah, the the battery pack that I have, it's 
just nothing special about it. It's just a big, clunky, like normal, heavy battery pack. So I'll figure that out next year, um, but not a big deal. It's just something I'm definitely going to swap out. Yeah, I got an, I think I got an Anchor, A-N-K-E-R, one that's more of a stick. And I actually really liked that thing. It's pretty, you know, the uh, lithium battery pack's always heavy, right? No matter yeah. what you do, but uh, it was pretty impressive for the weight. And it was like 20 or 30 bucks. So it was really, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yours is tight. Yeah. Yours is really small. Um, yeah. It's effectively like one and a half iPhone charges, I believe. So it's you know enough for me because I use the phone for, I do use it for Onyx. I do use it for uh, all my video and photo. I'll record stuff at the end of the day. So it definitely takes a hit, even if I'm only out there two days. Mm-hmm. Um, Onyx, you know, we've always had this love-hate thing where we're like, you don't need it to scout. You don't need it to do e-scouting. Yet it also adds valuable data. You don't really need it for property ownership for over-the-counter elk because it's wide open anyway. Uh, but the, I kind of had a, a love-hate this year because the reason I will use Onyx is that they have satellite imagery. Right, It's one of the only apps that has decent satellite imagery of the area you're in. And I was pretty upset because this year, the, the area we're in, the only satellite imagery they had is when it was kind of covered in snow. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah. It was really annoying because that's the main use of it for me. And so to look at it and then see snow there and not be able to tell what area is green and all that good stuff is uh, was pretty annoying. Um, so that was that was not a great one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause you, I, you couldn't really tell where you were. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, so that one was kind of mixed. I've always been kind of mixed on it. It's a really cool solution for, for certain things, but it's not a, you know, like a blanket recommendation for everything I would say. Right. Um, but really cool tech overall. I think that's, that's all I got. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of it on my end too. Nothing, uh, Nothing too crazy. I mean, that's a lot of gear talk, but hopefully that helps guys out with that are refining their kit here after the season and you know, looking for certain things that they had problems with or or went with. And as I mentioned, you can go to baxterbowman.com and go to the gear I use list. And I've got a list of everything else. And there's a lot of things we didn't discuss that are, you know, really great or holdovers that I've used for a few years and love. So we couldn't talk about all of it or this would be a three hour podcast, but those are really the the things that stood out yeah and then uh dang it kuyu's having their biggest sale of the year right now uh, why Always. do they gotta do this smart <laughs> smart 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 yeah do you want to speak to a quick because i thought this was pretty interesting on like time of the year to buy gear in general do you, do you want to i think you have a pretty good tactic around this in, t- in terms of like safety. yeah yeah, I would say for guys, the best time to buy gear for your elk season is now. <laughs> because what happens is everybody goes, you know, they either figure out they don't like things, they decide they're never going elk hunting again. Uh, they're just gear nuts like us and they want something new. And so a lot of the things that you couldn't buy to save your life two months ago are now on sale for dirt cheap going into the winter while everybody's not thinking about elk hunting season. So I'd say, you know, if you were going to buy stuff, I'd swap it out. Uh, there's some things that come out new electronics sometimes binos other stuff but a lot of the backpacks a lot of the clothing doesn't really materially change year to year um, so it's a really good time to get it and get it used um, right now yeah we don't have to you know fight we talked in that gear episode a while back about when you should buy things because a lot of the stuff for elk season sells out one to three four five even five months ahead of season so i would encourage guys that are coming back and found a hole in their stuff to 
you know, ask your wife for it for Christmas, go find it on eBay, look in a forum, see if someone's selling something. It's a really good time to buy. Yeah. Yeah. And Black Friday, you know, New Year's sales. That's the time of the year when these seasonal businesses are really struggling and looking for sales. So uh, you help them out, buy something at a good discount for you. Everybody wins. Yeah. If only it was the same with cars. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, hey, end of the year sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And actually one area we, we forgot to cover and we should hit it and then call it a day. But what about food? Anything that you were? You were oh, thinking? yeah. Uh, I was actually, I, you know, I really like the Peak Refuel. It was the first time I tried the Peak Refuel brand. Mm-hmm. I like it because the first, the flavor, it just, it just tastes really good. But second, it has a ton of protein. It's like 50, 50 grams for dinner. And for someone like me who's just eating trail mix and bars and yeah, dried fruit during the day, it just psychologically felt good knowing that I'm like getting a lot of calories in uh, at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, that was a great one. I um, I think we'd probably defer to my food episode on this one. Nothing changed too, too much. I would say I was a lot more into dried fruit and some other things that had a little more flavor this year uh, mm-hmm. just because we were out there for so long and doing so many long day trips. And we'll talk next week about our, our big learnings from the season to wrap up our series here. But uh, I started doing a lot shorter trips. And so just taking things that were quote unquote heavier or more bulky but tasted better was really worked out for me um yeah, yeah what's the same thing you had food houses. is mood food is mood yeah so don't uh, yeah. don't mess with it uh but those were all all the things we talked about in that episode a while back is still still holding true for me nothing uh nothing totally new that jumped out yep Cool. So that's that's the gear stuff. Um, so yeah, people listening, go get your gear now. You'll save a lot of money. Um, and then uh, it's cool how it's it's cool how like I was telling you. I think maybe on one of our trips, like wow, I got like this is the first year I got like most of my especially the big stuff, tent, sleeping mm-hmm. bag, sleeping pad, pillow, like all that stuff down. I finally have like my set that I'm going to stick with for a while for most of my stuff. And that's a, just a really good feeling knowing that I'm not going to have to change up much for a very long time yeah i mean it's like uh the way i talk to guys about it when they're new is it's like buying a house or something where that first six months to a year or two years you kind of panic because all of a sudden you got to buy a you know thousand dollar refrigerator and uh you know five five hundred dollar chest freezer and uh you know five hundred dollar vacuum or two hundred dollar vacuum and you kind of the list goes on and you've spent 10 grand before you know it Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh man, this is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the same with backcountry gear. It's like you first year or two is really expensive and it hurts, and you're like, this is insane. But uh, it's definitely stabilizes after a year or two. You really find your stuff, and I think you said something to me which made me really happy this year, which was, you don't really think about gear right now. Like I've got it all pretty good, right? Uh, which is where that's like my ultimate goal for you and for anybody I'm helping with advice. Is like get to the point where the gear gets out of the way and it's so good that it makes your experience great and you just don't think about it. Um, I think we're, real, we're both pretty lucky now. We've got some great stuff and it's not the gear that's holding us back anymore. Yeah, exactly. We don't even notice it. Don't even notice it. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just out of the way. You're just hunting. That's all you're doing. So very cool stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Next week, we're back with uh, our biggest learnings from the, the season. So Josh and I are both going to go back and think about the top two or three things, uh, probably more than that, but at least three things that really changed. And this is this was a surprise to me. There were a lot of things this year that I did very different and 
I'm going to stick with. So we'll, we'll talk about those and the, the number one learning. So even if you didn't listen to the first three kind of the stories and the detailed elk encounters and the tactics there, we'll summarize the whole season and all the things we learned in that one episode. So it'll be a great one to, to tune in. So this week was gear. Next week was non-gear learnings. And uh, that'll be it for our September. <laughs>